0: Good morning. morning. Hallelujah. It's got up here. Don't touch the mic. They ain't got to worry about me doing that. (laughs) I greet you this morning in the name of our Lord and our Savior and our Redeemer, Jesus the Christ. He is wonderful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor, you made some wonderful remarks about our country. As chaotic as it may be, we are still blessed with the freedoms that we have to go into the restaurants, to walk on the street, and to come into a beautiful place like this and worship the Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 So before I get started, I want to tell you a funny story. I heard this story about this preacher that he told his congregation. He says, I want you to help me preach this morning. He said, when I say a word, I want you to sing the first song that comes to mind. So the first word he said was blood. And of course, everybody says, what can wash away my sins? Then the pastor said the word power. And everyone said, there is power in the blood. Then he said, grace. And they all sung amazing grace. So the next word the pastor said was sex. The congregation was shocked. Perplexed, all of a sudden a hush came all over the congregation. In the back of the balcony, this 87-year-old grandmother stood up and sung as loud as she could. She says, precious memories, how they linger. There's going to be a point in the message that I'm going to ask you to help me this morning. You know, I believe that when God gives us a word, I believe in my own life, when God gives me a word to to, to talk to the congregation about, I always believe that he gives it to me first, for me to deal with me first. It's God's desire that we walk and live out the calling that he has on our lives so that we can become all that he wants us to be. And in the process of life, we're all confronted with various situations, and some of them are good and some of them can be disturbing and stressful. Physical sickness and emotional distress, death of a loved one or a person battling an illness, or watching your parents age as they have dementia those things can cause our souls to get weary. And the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, he says, not to be weary in doing good because in the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. But sometimes under spiritual and emotional attack, we question that if that scripture is just a nice saying or does it ring true for us? Because we all get weary in well-doing. Sometimes life issues can wear us down emotionally, spiritually, and economically. And if I can be transparent with you this morning, I want to tell you about a situation in my own life. In the summer of 2013, I was confronted with some financial challenges that upset my soul. In a period of 30 days, I was confronted with some major house repairs. I'm going to tell you about just a few of them. My water heater went out. It needed to be replaced. My furnace stopped working. It needed to be replaced. My air condition stopped working in the middle. Here it is in the summer. Air condition stopped working, needed to be replaced. And while I was gone on an overnight trip, I came back and lightning had struck my house and my, my microwave was on fire, had caught on fire. See, you anticipate replacing this stuff because you know it's gonna wear out, but you don't anticipate replacing it in 30 days. The stress of it, my soul, the stress of it made my soul weary. So I laid in my bed on the hot summer night and I began to sing. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear these burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? Life has a way of beating you down and picking you up, picking you apart. Attacks come to undermine your faith. And Satan's one desire is to steal our joy. The devil uh, jab. His his job is to to find a weak point, and then he continues to strike at it until we're worn down. And if I can compare this to a boxer in a ring, it says when a boxer gets in a ring, his opponent hits him. And where he hits him is important. Let's say that he hits him over the eye. And for the entire fight, if that boxer keeps getting jabbed and hit over the eye, guess what's going to happen? It's going to put him out of the fight. And so it is with Satan. He jabs at us with the intention of getting us out of the fight. Yeah. But God is a God that knows how to deal with us when we're weak. Yeah. And all of us get weak at some various point in our life. So this morning, I want to point us to a familiar passage of Scripture Psalm 23. Many of you can quote this because you learned it as children from memory. I want you to help me. This is a part of the, scripture, the sermon I want you to help me with. How about standing to your feet this morning? And we're going to put it up here on the board. And I want you to read this with me. Come on, let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Hallelujah. Have a seat, please. If you would allow me, I just want to park here for just a few minutes. On the passage of scripture, he restores my soul. Let's pray. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help coming from the Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, for how you're going to speak to your people. How you're going to refresh them. And Lord, we ask that the anointing of your spirit will just ride this place and do a work of healing. And I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The author of Psalm 23 is David. He's a shepherd. But when he wrote this passage, he wrote it in the humble positions that we find ourselves, and that is a sheep. He says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. What David is saying is that what we've all said, sometimes our soul becomes sorrow, sometimes it become weak, and sometimes our soul just get cast down. And even the people of God need restoration in their soul sometimes. I'm not talking about a vacation. Because we can go on vacation for a week, and in, 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 after two days when we return, we forget that we even had one. Perhaps you've gone on vacation, and when you come home, you were just as worn out before you left. Our souls need rest and restoration. This physical world can't give us. We realize this world is not our home, but while we're here, life has a way of bringing us to a place of weariness. And sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of situations that are out of our control. And it makes us weary. And then we can get weary of the situations that other people are going through. Amen? Amen. I was talking to a mother and she said to me, she says, my son is in and out of jail. She says, he tells me he's going to change. I bail him out. And he goes back to jail. She says, He tells me he's learned his lesson. Mommy, I'm different now. I've changed. Two weeks later, he's back in jail. She says, I love my son, but I'm tired. I don't have the strength or the resources to keep going through this. This mother is heartbroken. Her soul is tired of dealing with this child's issues. And somebody today could be facing the same dilemma that this mother is facing. It may not be your son. It could be your daughter. It could be your husband, your wife, your brother, or your sister. It could even be your place of employment. We get to a place we feel depleted. It's like a battery that stopped working because all the juice has been sucked out of it. And what we need is a shepherd. A shepherd. And why is the shepherd so important in the sheep's life? I'm gonna tell you. The sheep gets downcast. How does that happen? Sometime to get to green pastures, the shepherd has to take the sheep through some valleys and the sheep may have to climb some mountains. In an attempt to get to the destination, the sheep sometimes slips off the hill or stumbles over some rocky places on the journey, or becomes distracted with the sights on the journey. You see, it's not uncommon for a sheep to stumble, but the results of the stumble can have a life or death impact. You know, sheep are known for straying off the path. One wrong turn or a stumble can put the sheep on its back. And once they're on their back, They can't get up by themselves. It's very dangerous for a sheep to be on its back because their circulation is cut off and their blood is not allowed to flow in their legs. And the sheep is not able to flee from danger because that position has made them vulnerable and predators can come and eat them alive. I want you to know this morning that even the strongest and the fastest of the flock can get downcast. And if the shepherd is unable to find that sheep, guess what? It will die. That's why the scripture in Matthew 18 says, the shepherd will leave the 99 sheep in search for that missing one. If one sheep is missing, fear grips the shepherd's heart because that sheep could be downcast. But the good thing is, when the shepherd finds the sheep, he not only rejoices, but he picks them up. And then he begins to help the sheep to his feet and began massaging his, le- his limbs so the blood can begin circulating in his legs again. And while he's doing that, he talks to the sheep and comes, and as the blood is being restored, and he's being restored, as the blood is being restored back in his legs. Then the shepherd restores the sheep, not only to his feet, but he takes them back to the flock. And that's why David said that the Lord is my shepherd, because he knew something about restoration. And I want to tell you, that's what God would do for us. How many times have we found ourselves downcast, where our souls needed to be restored? I don't know about you, but I have. What can cause us to be downcast? Well, we're three dimension, just like our Heavenly Father. Our bodies are made of clay. It is in touch with the physical part of the environment. We have a spirit that communicates with God. And our soul is our emotions. That's where our memories are stored. That's where our feelings and affection live. It is our soul that's under attack all the time. That's the place we carry our scars. If things are well emotionally, we're not well. A person can be intelligently healthy and emotionally deficient. You can be rich and suicidal. A person can look absolutely beautiful on the outside and yet their soul is in pain. Sometimes we become weary because we're in the will of God. That don't even make sense, does it? Doing the will of God doesn't mean it's always going to please you. The will of God is sent to move us to the place we need to be to do the things God wants us to do. The will of God is not sent to make us comfortable sometimes. You see, Jesus was in the will of God when he was baptized and was sent to the wilderness for 40 days on a fast, being tempted by the devil. While in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was in the will of God and he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. He was in God's will. and The Bible said that angels came and ministered to him. His destination was the cross. He was in the will of God. And sometimes the normal demands of life can overwhelm us. Taking out the trash, paying the bills, the children, homework, activities, cleaning the house, relationships with our spouse, family, church, activities, work, graduation, birthdays, baby showers, funerals. All those activities can happen at once and we can feel depleted and not understand why. Or what happened? We get to a place that we may behave like sheep. See, the normal behavior for a sheep is to watch the shepherd and stay with the herd. That's the normal behavior with sheep. And when the sheep follows the shepherd, the shepherd leads them to a place of rest, to greener pastures. Why is it important for the sheep to rest? Because if they don't rest, they'll die. And when there are changes in the sheep's behavior, you know that there are signs that this sheep is ill. And as Christians, we demonstrate some of those same behaviors. Some of the changes can be demonstrated such as us taking our eyes off the shepherd. We stop sleeping at night. We begin worrying We start walking in the path that's marked out and we start wandering away from the flock. We isolate ourselves from people, church family, family members. We start thinking that the grass is greener in another pasture. Watch out, church, because those are early signs of a soul that's weary. Or maybe you're one of those people that you think you can handle everything. I'm not talking about crisis situation. I'm talking about where you just overextended yourself. And so now your emotions are drained and your body is tired, but you're still trying to handle it. So you set, you set out to put things in order and you get things organized and you have a schedule and you keep a list and you get this done and you get that done and you delegate and you go to a counselor and you deal with all these emotional issues. And I, I want to compliment you because all those are good strategies and you may be doing a good job handling it, but I just want to ask you one question. Who's going to heal you? Who's going to heal you? Who's going to restore you because the damage has begun to happen with your soul. And that's where loss starts. You lose confidence, your own self worth. You begin to devalue yourself. In the midst of all this, there's good news. God has a word of hope. And he says in the scripture in Romans 8, 26, the spirit, the, way, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know how we ought to pray, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans and words that cannot be expressed. We have Jesus and he is praying for us and he will restore us. Hallelujah. This passage is saying God will take hold with us and stand against that weakness. He'll stand with us against that hurt. He'll stand with us against that brokenness in our life. You may be going through some mountains. You may feel like you can't tunnel through. But I want you to know this morning we serve a God that specializes in things that are thought to be impossible. He will do what no other power can, but only his holy power can do. When we get in trouble, the Holy Spirit, he is ready to find us. And his desire is to restore us and not to condemn us. He is there to be that shepherd to get us back on our feet. To restore us so we can get back in the race and fulfill those things that he's called us to do. But one thing God can't do, he can't restore us if we're comfortable with our weaknesses. Only when we get to a place that we say we're sick and tired of being sick and tired, when we get desperate for a change in our life, that means we're willing to separate ourselves from the mess to get closer to him. We're willing to change to get closer to him. What are you willing to change this morning? Are you willing to do what's good for your body? Are you willing to eat the right foods for your body? Are you willing to give up cigarettes, smoking four packs a day, so that you can be, so your body can have the right, be the right temple for God to use? Are you willing to give up the unholy habits? You know know who you are. You know what God is dealing with you about. Are you willing to give up the baby mama or the daddy mama drama? For the sake of the children. See, you can't, you can't tell your children not to curse at you, but to honor you, because the Bible does say, Honor your mother and father in the days, so that your days will be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, but you can't treat other people mean either. You can't cuss out people because you, they're not treating you right. You go, you go to a fast food place and they don't give you the service that you want, and you look at them and give them. Something that you don't think you're supposed to be saying and you doing it. That's not godly. What relationships are you partnered with? Who are you involved with? Who's keeping you from moving forward to where God has a higher calling on your life? Amen. See, you can't be a Christian on Sunday and a crook on Monday. It don't work. It don't work. So many of us, we want the blessings of the Lord, but we don't want to change. We want to continue doing what we want to do instead of what God is calling us to do. It's not enough, and I'm glad people come to the altar, but it's not enough just to get to the altar and pray. When you leave that altar, you need to leave the mess with it. Leave the mess at the altar. You got to get desperate for God. Before I close, I want to tell you this morning about a woman in the book of Matthew. She was desperate, Matthew chapter 15. I'm looking at verses 21 through 28. The Bible describes a desperate mother asking Jesus Christ to miraculously heal her little girl from a demon that had been possessing and tormenting her. This mother was a Canaanite. She was a pagan worshiper. She was a Gentile. And she heard about this Jesus This man who had the ability to bring hope to hopeless situations. And in Matthew chapter 15, verse 22, it says, she cries out, Son, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. You see, day in and day out, this mother has been fighting at home with the devil. She has a problem child. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They get to be 13, 14. They forget who they are. They forget you, the parent. She's been having a problem child, tired of dealing with her. She knows this child needs help. And see, sometimes you can't medicate. You you can't medicate it away. You can't medicate the devil away. Sometimes you got to lay hands on him. She heard that he was in town. This man named Jesus. And she had an attitude that an attitude that I'm desperate. And I'll do whatever it takes to see him. Because I need help. I need him. I need his attention. I need him to know my struggle. I need him to know me. Have you ever been desperate? So if that means that I have to pretend to be somebody else, I'll do it. And so when she cried out, she cried out as if she was Jewish, calling, Son of David, have mercy on me. She's desperate. She's desperate for help. But the scripture says in that passage in 23, she says that Jesus didn't say one word to him. It's almost as if he ignored her. And sometimes we feel like when you pray, God, did you hear me? Did you hear me? She can dress it up, you can look the part, but that don't impress God. You gotta come clean with him. Finally in verse 24, it says that he answered her. He says to her, he says, look, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. God is really telling this woman, look, you're not even on my agenda. My agenda is the lost sheep of Israel. See, God had a covenant with Israel. This woman is desperate, though. She doesn't give up. Verse 25 says, This woman came and she knelt down and she began to cry. She says, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Are we desperate? Her cry says it all. She's weary. She's tired. She's saying, I can't go back home and keep living with the devil. But Jesus responds. This response is not with a, a, a sweetness. It's not with honey. Instead, he pours more salt in the womb. This woman has a greater desire to say, look, how, how bad does she want it? And sometimes we have to go to God and keep going to God because he's just trying to see what is our faith. Where are we? How bad do we want it? So he replies, look, even after she's saying, Lord, help, he says, look, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. He's calling her a dog because she's a pagan. She's an unbeliever. But listen here, you got an unbelieving pagan that believes that a Jesus that she don't even know about can heal her child glory glory he says my covenant is not with you and her response is that of of nothing but sheer faith she says to him she says Lord I understand that I know that but even the dogs eat the crumbs that falls from the master's table she said, if that's all I can get, I'll take that from you, Lord. I'll take that because that's what I, I need. I need you this morning. So I'm willing to get the crumbs. If that's all you got for me, I'll take the crumbs. Because that's healing in there. There's healing. He gave this weary mother her peace back. He gave her her household back. He healed a child. That's what the scripture says. He heard her cry. God hears the cries of the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus heard her cry and answered her request, and he'll do that for you and I. Amen. We serve a God that answers prayer. Amen. You can't justify your weaknesses, though, and claiming that it's a part of your nature. You see, God has a vision of restoring us, yes. and we have a vision of restoration. But we think of restoration like restoring a house or a car. And our concept is to get it back the way it used to be, the way it used to look. Make it brand new again. Because that's our view of restoration. But God's view of restoration is different. Because he's not looking to get us back to where we once were. God is looking to get us to the place of his vision for us. His plan is to restore us to his idea and that means taking us places where we've never walked before it means having to do things you feel like you're not equipped to do because God has a vision for his people and it's not to settle for a realm of mediocrity it's not to settle for a realm of complacency and compliancy we serve a God that wants to take us to new heights he wants us to soar with the eagles and this morning I can tell you that I can testify about the restoration of the Lord. Because he has been my rock in a weary land. He has been my refuge and strength and present help in the time of trouble. And when I have been weak, he has been strong for me. The Bible says to us, To come all ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon of me and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burdens is what? Hallelujah. I want you to resolve this morning. That if you're going through. But there is nothing God can't do. If you would cry out to him. And ask him to deal with the issues. That you're dealing with this morning. I don't know what they may be. We're going to ask the worship team to come. I don't know what your issues are. But God has a way, a mighty sweet way that can transform and can change things far greater than what you can ever imagine or dream because he loves us. He's a loving father. The Bible says that Jesus will yoke himself with us and walk side by side as he guides us in this journey of life. Then you will be able to press onward to what he's called you to do. I want to tell you this morning, you can have an exchange. You can have an exchange. If you're weary this morning, God will give it. He'll say, look, give me the weariness and I'll give you joy. He says, if you're weary this morning, give me your despair and I'll give you hope. He says, if you're weary this morning, if your life is full of turmoil, give it to me. Give it to me and I'm going to give you peace. If your heart is broken, God says, I'm close to you this morning. I'm close to you because if your heart is broken, I'm close to the broken That's his promise. That's his promise. One scripture says that when you have been kicked in the gut, God says, I'll help you catch your breath. The Lord is our shepherd this morning. The Lord is our shepherd and he restores our souls. I don't care what you're going through. God will restore your soul. I'm a witness this morning. I'm a witness to the restoration of the power of the Holy Spirit that can change and transform and deliver and heal and set free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Will you stand with me this morning?